Father's Day. Father's Day is an interesting day, hey, because uh, it's a day of joy, it's a day of celebration. We should celebrate our dads. And yet it's a complex day. Uh, You know, not everyone's had the same experience. Some people have had wonderful experiences, some people less so. And I've noticed in our society there is a tendency to, to maybe want to be so inclusive and to soften the blow for those who maybe can't find themselves celebrating on this day. There's a bit of a trend towards just lowering everything down. Like I see, like we're just going to celebrate men. You know what I mean? And I think the problem is, the problem is if we decide we're going to celebrate everything, by default we're actually celebrating nothing. That's the problem with that. And I figure we've got an International Men's Day, so we're going to keep Father's Day... That's a good thing, and uh, celebrate that. And I pray that what I speak about today, uh, no matter what your experience, I pray it's just going to be helpful on some level. You know, it might give you some insight into your dad. Fathers, I'm really hoping to give us some insight uh, with our kids because at the end of the day, we have got a bunch of new dads. There are babies coming everywhere in the life of the church. And so I think it'd be really good if we did something practical about how we parent our kids. You with me? I've been married, in two months' time, I'll have been married 30 years. 30 years. Yes, Sue deserves a round of applause, I'm telling you. Uh, The fact is, as happy as we appear, would you believe... That it isn't perfect. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, As perfect as Sue is, uh, there's two people in the equation, so failure is guaranteed on some level. But to tell you the truth, parenting has probably been the biggest tension in our marriage. Uh, I, I, I put that out there this morning without asking Sue, but when I put it out there, she was doing this from the front row, so we're in agreement. Parenting has been our greatest challenge. And I think it's probably because mums and dads approach parenting uh, different ways, and they certainly add different things into the equation. And, uh, and uh, years ago, I heard a, a phrase, some time ago, I heard a phrase, it's a, it's a cliché, But, you know, most things become cliches because there's an element of truth in it. And it went something like this. Mothers provide um, unconditional love. Fathers provide expectations. Uh, Brad said to me after the first message, Pastor Brad said, um, yeah, uh, mothers stroke, fathers poke. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that probably sort of sums it up. Um, and, and so mums like provide the emotional fuel and the tenderness and the support. And dads tend to provide expectations. You could put it this way, the tracks to run on. Uh, with my kids, I'd have to say, uh, maybe more the guardrails to bump against. That seems to have been more what it is. And, uh, and so there's this sense of expectation. Now, I know that's a generalism. I know that might not be totally it. But I do think there's a bit of truth in that, that fathers provide a certain level of expectation. And so I want to sort of speak into that and come from that. I want to look at some Bible advice, but I've got to do a disclaimer. Uh, As I speak about this, the number one thing I don't want to do is beat dads up about what you're not doing. That's not what this is designed at. And number two, I'm going to use myself as an example because I see myself in this equation everywhere. Uh, The fact of the matter is, this is my 26th Father's Day, and I must admit, the longer I'm a dad, 
the less qualified I feel to talk about it because you start off things are so simple and then life gets complicated and you can start second guessing yourself but I think I've done enough of the journey and I've done it well enough to be able to make some comments so can I do that this morning cool so that's what we're going to do Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 the apostle Paul says fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So certainly uh, don't provoke stuff or don't, don't create something within your kids that you don't want. But by the same token, you actually do have to provide some guidelines and some guardrails to bump against to give them some direction in life. And this can often be a tension. As a matter of fact, Paul says this exact phrase uh, in two different places in the New Testament. Two of his letters, he speaks to fathers about not provoking wrath in their kids and uh and so you know Paul really wanted dads to get it and right now any of the young people in the place you're thinking yeah dad the bible wants you to get it really wants you to get it interestingly enough the verse before this one says children obey your parents (laughs) and I can't help but think and I look at those directions we're not like the guys on the video that didn't have directions we've got some directions and I can't help thinking that if everyone just did what they are instructed wow life could be a lot smoother at times so kids don't be too hard on dad we need to look at this bible word wrath because it's a it's a word that in english modern translation modern sort of thinking our society tends to see wrath as like super angry That's wrath, super angry. But the actual original language word is a word that means inner turmoil and angst. Inner turmoil and angst. You could put it this way, frustration and even frustration to the point, confusion to the point, uh, anxiety to the point that it generates anger. A bubbling up of emotion is literally what the word means. It doesn't necessarily mean anger. It can end there, but it's broader than that. It's this sense of on the inside. And Paul is saying, dads, that's not what you want to bring out of your kids. And I know that that's how we feel about it. So today, uh, I've got a message for us. It is the Offspring Frustration Guide for Dummies. Okay. I thought that was really clever. Uh, I was going to call it, I was going to call it, how to get right up your kids' noses for dads. But I just changed it a little bit. And this is not a payback message. You know, this isn't a message saying, dads, this is how to stoke the kids. I guess this is coming from some of my experiences, my observations of how I've provoked wrath in my kids, that inner turmoil, and trying to avoid it. Ways to try and avoid doing that that I hope are going to be helpful for us all. So here we go. The offspring frustration guide for dummies. How do we do it? What do we need to avoid? We need to avoid expectation without instruction. Because we do. Dads have expectations. We need to avoid expectation without instruction. You know, every one of my kids would say at some point, and I'm not particularly proud of this, every one of them would say that they have seen me waving my arms around, flapping them around in the air, uh, turning red in the face and giving them the look like, what were you thinking? While simultaneously the kid is like, I have no idea what you're thinking. 
You know what I mean? It's like, I expect them to get me, but they don't get me. And they're probably not going to get me unless I sit down with them and actually explain where I'm coming from. The fact is, most of us, and if you're a dad here, you've been around long enough to have probably worked for someone. And if you've worked for someone, you'll know there is nothing worse than, than a boss who expects you to read their mind. They just expect you to get it, and maybe you haven't been instructed in how to get it. There's nothing worse than being expected to perform when you don't know how. There's nothing worse than being expected to behave a certain way when you don't know why. And sometimes we can just assume, and I know, fathers, we, we put it out there. We, you know, how many times have I told you, put my tools away in the shed, whatever. We've all been there, but there are probably some things that we can assume with our kids. We just assume they're going to get it. And, and, and what, what ends up happening is our kids try desperately to please us, but no matter what we do, we can't seem, they can't seem to please. They feel like, I've got a dad. It doesn't matter what I do, I can't seem to please. And I want to encourage us. Maybe the simplest way forward is, is really make sure that if you've got expectations, before you coach your expectations, you actually have to do some training. Every athlete knows that. They don't get coached on stuff they haven't been trained on. They get coached on stuff that they've been trained on and they understand. The corporate world understands this. You can't coach on something that hasn't been trained. And so can I encourage us, dads? Sometimes we just need to sit down and go, I might need to actually take the time to sit down, take some time out and speak to my young person about where I'm coming from. So they've got a better idea. Don't provoke wrath in your kids. And that's a sure way you can do it. And just ask me, because I know. (laughs) Second one is expectation without freedom. We can really frustrate our kids. Expectation without freedom. You know, if you say to your kids... When, when we're not around, we expect you to behave with your friends. Come on, parents. Who's ever parents and young, really younger parents? You're going to say it. I, at some point, you're going to say, uh, just because we're not there doesn't mean you can run right. We want you to act in a particular way. Well, here's the, here's the hard part about that. Um, at some point, you've got to let them go to the party. Yeah. At some point, you've got to give them room To work it out. Now, of course, this is always going to be on a sliding scale of maturity and the age and stage they're at. But at some point, we actually have to give them freedom to work it out. Otherwise, we could find them climbing out a window and going to a party that we really don't want them at. Does that make sense? And so uh, I, I know, um, you know, in a, uh, in, a, in a sense, we're giving them responsibility. The danger is if, is if we shield them from, you know, the opportunity to work it out themselves, they'll actually take it into their own hands, which is, in a way, it will be irresponsible. We end up with the opposite result. They will behave irresponsible because they haven't been trusted to behave responsibly and I know that's terrifying I mean it wasn't hard with my boys because it's like oh they're blokes <laughs> they'll get over it whatever happens they'll get through it I did when it came to my daughter it was like I need to add another firearm to my collection <laughs> you just don't feel that confident but at the end of the day kids need room to grow they need room and I know it's really hard but think about it 
when I last spoke, I spoke about, one of the things I spoke about was human freedom. That, that God has given us, love can't exist outside of an environment of freedom of choice. And, and God trusts us with it. And yet we muck up and yet we, we, we cause ourselves pain at times. But who's worked out being human? Sometimes it is the only way we learn. And so I'd encourage you, where you can, where you can, dads, um, don't just put the expectation there, but give them a bit of room so that they can work it out in real life. I don't reckon that's bad advice. Last thought is this, expectation without encouragement. Expectation without encouragement will cause an inner angst in our kids. I'm convinced of it. Um, uh, we have to encourage. It's amazing how powerful encouragement is. The, the leadership guru, John Maxwell, puts it this way. Encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. And, uh, and I know with my kids, at some point, in some form, my kids have all said something like, I just wanted you to be proud of me. And I must admit, when I, whenever I've heard that, my initial response is like, I am! Don't you know I am? And then I'm horrified to think that possibly I've actually left a vacuum of affirmation in their life, which for a child, they're always going to try and fill it with something. And if I'm not bringing that affirmation, they're going to find it with their mates or they're going to, they're going to find it performing in some other way and often in ways that we as parents are horrified by. But I, I know as a dad I'm responsible to try and speak encouragement, to try and oxygenate their inner world, oxygenate their soul, every opportunity that I can get it. Here's what's hard, hard for human beings I think, is I think the most powerful affirmation always comes before performance. You know, if someone does the right thing, if a child is obedient, if a child, uh, you know, excels in an area, it's easy to encourage that. What's hard is encouraging before performance, before obedience, or even in spite of a lack of performance or obedience. And that's hard to do, but I think it's absolutely critical because ultimately we've got a phenomenal example in God the Father. And if you look at Jesus at his baptism, you see his story. This is Jesus Christ before he has done a miracle, before he has done anything that we tend to associate with his life and ministry. And the Father speaks from heaven and says, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Affirmation came before performance. Uh, interesting, there's a passage in Hebrews that says that Jesus learned obedience by the cross. And that we, we can't go down that rabbit warren of, of theology, but enough to say you could actually say, uh, Jesus was the sinless son of God, but you could actually say that he was affirmed before obedience, before anything had been tested or proved. His ultimate act of obedience was going to the cross and that was still, you know, in the hands of the jury. And yet the father spoke. And there's something about affirming someone outside of performance. See, the problem is, if we only affirm for performance, we create a child that's continuously trying to perform for approval. If we can affirm outside of and in spite of, then we create security. If I could put it this way, our affirmation shouldn't come because of performance. It should come because of identity. 
I'm affirming you, not because you're awesome and you make all the best choices in the world. I'm affirming you because you're mine. That's it. Because you're mine, that's all I need. You're my child and you always will be. And I've walked a few years now and uh, we've had our ups and downs with our kids like everyone in the room. It can be one of the hardest things, but one of the most powerful things to do is find things outside of performance to affirm affirm your kid with. Can I just finish with my questions? You doing okay out there? Doing okay, dads? I hope this has sort of like helped in some way. But here's some questions to to help us apply the message. And I guess uh, I'm going to ask two sets, this question two ways. I'm going to ask one to the the parent, one to the father, and one to the child. And we're all children in this place. That's the one thing we've got in common. We've all got a, a father, even if we didn't have a dad. You know, we're, we're all here in this experience, in this moment, because someone contributed to that whole process. And so uh, we're all kids in that way. Here we go. I want to just ask us a few questions and think about it. As a parent, as a dad, where do my kids need me to bring understanding? Is there just an area of constant frustration? And I know, hey man, I've had teenage kids too. Um, I know that that can be the case, but is there somewhere I can just sit down and say, you know what, you need to hear my heart on this. You need to understand where I'm coming from, not just what I expect. As a child, where do I need to listen? Where do I need to stop and listen? Maybe, you know, I don't think some, some angst between kids and parents is not that difficult. Sometimes it's just a matter of hearing the other person. So it's a good question to ask ourselves. Next question, as a parent, where do I need to provide freedom so that they can, so my children can work some things out for themselves? Where do I need to provide freedom? According to where they're at, age and stage, where do I need to provide freedom so they can work things out? And this one's powerful for a child. So if you're a young person here, as a child, if I was given the freedom that I want, Would I behave the way I know I'm expected to? You know, could I be trusted with the freedom I crave? Is maybe that question. It's a good one to ask yourself. As a parent, what could I encourage in my child that isn't related to their performance? Again, that can be difficult when you've got a willful teenager. But what what, what can I spy that I can encourage in spite of? And as a child... What is one thing I can be thankful for today because of my father? As I said before, we're only in this moment, in this experience, because the father was involved somewhere. And uh, and the Bible says to honour your father and your mother. And they they might not have been a pristine dad. Uh, They might not have even ended up being around. But we're in this moment, sharing this moment together because of them and I want to encourage you it could just be a step of healing to simply acknowledge and appreciate that cool can I pray for us this morning could we stand together really quickly on this Father's Day 2020 my goodness 2020 some of you it's your first Father's Day that's really cool how cool is being a dad Jack, pretty cool, isn't it? This is, yeah, of course. Of course this is number one. 
Father, thank you for, um, for being a dad in heaven. Uh, in spite of all the failings maybe that we've experienced, maybe that we've even done as human dads, you are the perfect father that we can always trust, we can always look to, we can always be affirmed by you. You affirm us before performance. Romans 5.8 While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Your affirmation came first. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the way that you love us in spite of us, in spite of our foibles. Your love is constant and true. And we thank you for that. Um, For us dads, help us reflect that in some way. Just an earthly reflection of our Heavenly Father. Help Help us be that for our kids in Jesus' name. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, you know, I've talked about fatherhood today and Jesus Christ revealed God as a heavenly father. That was the model Jesus gave us. That was the, the, the metaphor he gave us so that we could fully understand God. He, he is a father, but without foibles, without failures, he's certainly not absent. And he's here for you today. Maybe you've never connected your life to him. Could I encourage you, friend, you can do that right where you stand right where you stand in your heart of hearts you can reach out to a heavenly father that loves you that has a purpose for you has hope for your future you can you can open your heart reach out in the simplest of ways invite him into your life for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time where you've opened yourself up to god allow him to have his way and i'd encourage you to do that as we close this service today i'm going to ask levi to come he's going to share a few thoughts Thanks, everyone. Have a great Father's Day. Hey, and I forgot to mention Grandfather's Day. This guy's made me proud. He's brought my granddaughter back. I'm a granddad now, and I tell you, it's enough to almost make you forget your kids because you just want to see the grandkids. But I haven't quite. I haven't forgotten you, mate. That's good. (laughs) We might have forgotten you today when we got presents. (laughs) Hey, why don't we thank Pastor Chris. What an encouraging message.